Isaiah chapter number 58. Let's jump right into it. I don't have a lot of time, but I'll use what I have and we'll pick up next week. That's the pleasure of teaching in series. And so today I'll start a new series entitled The Marching Orders of the Church. Write that down. The Marching Orders of the Church. You know you're on the fast when the communion wafer is really good to you. Come on here. Mine even had little carts to it today. Yes, sir. The grape juice was a blessing. For those of us been drinking water all week, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the marching orders of the church, Isaiah 58. You can take one of these on your way out if you want to go with us to Mexico for the fifth year anniversary. Whatever's on this handout, you have to book around it. If not, you're on your own when you arrive. So this flight, this hotel, this transportation, because you got to do everything together. So if you want to book your own stuff and I got a room somewhere else and I got a flight through this and I'm going to come in on that date and you're on your own when you get there. But please, if you can, book through this in Jesus' name. The marching orders of the church, write this down as a subtopic. Lord, give us your heart. Write that down. The marching orders of the church, Lord, give us your heart and turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter number 58. In this season of us hearing from God on Tuesday and Wednesday, I shared around the subject of clarity. How many of y'all were blessed by the camp meeting? How many of y'all were blessed by Pastor Brian? Come on here. Yeah. Um, Thursday night, during his speaking and during our time of prayer, um, I kind of just kind of got on my knees there and I was, the Lord really dealt with me for a second. Um, I mean, he started to deal with me and didn't stop after that, but even led me into a time of repentance um, regarding the prayer mandate on our church, on our local community. Um, not just having prayer meetings, but listen at this very carefully, but accepting the assignment of being a catalyst of revival in our city through prayer. Revival is not certain songs, loud music, certain speakers. It is always birthed through a people that's hungry and thirsty for God and that's willing to fulfill the assignment and it always starts in prayer. Can you say amen? Amen. And keeping consistent with the heart of God. Um, I I, I mentioned going into a time of repentance because it's not that it was new or God was revealing to me an assignment for our church. I know this very well, but sometimes we get off on our own accord and doing our own things and doing what's comfortable for us. Um, and God says, in this season, you got to lock into my heart. And this local church, this church called Lifeline, was never birthed to be a passive house. We were birthed with a purpose, with an assignment. We didn't just start a church. My and I wasn't just sitting at home and said, you know what, it'll be nice to have us a local church. As a matter of fact, I didn't want a local church. 
I don't know who does want one outside of being called to do it. But when God called us, he called us with an end time purpose. And the heart of this church, uh, meaning the people in this church, the core of this house, the foundation of this house is turned completely toward God. Do you believe that? There is something rich, something strong, something godly happening here. Um, There's great depth here in our house. Um, And I know that by the spirit of God and it's always confirmed. It's interesting how sometimes it takes people outside of our church to remind us of what we have in our house. You know, I took Pastor Brian back to his hotel on Thursday night and he sat and talked with me for near an hour just in the car about the strength of this house um, and the weight of this house and the the, the assignment for this house um, in our city. And I believe God can trust us with that because one of the things Anna and I never set out to do was to be famous. We never set out to be anybody in the kingdom. We never wanted to be. I mean, as a matter of fact, I think Pastor Earl said it best. The less people know you, the better. The more under the radar you are, the better. And so we've just spent our time in the field laboring and being consistent and building God's people and building and, and keeping with this assignment. And I believe God is moving us into a season where he can trust us with the the full weight of this thing. And I believe we are not going to be, but we are a catalyst for revival in this city and in this region. And don't be moved by what you see and the size of other places and the glamour of other places because God is not concerned about that. He's concerned about the heart of a people that he can move through. Say amen to that. And that's why I love our house. That's why I love our systems. That's why I love what's happening in Villa Park and in our West Campus and and even in Mexico. Pastor Jesus has caught, he's caught more than I taught him. Um, because our hearts are linked up. And, and so what God is reminding us about in this season is it is not about us. Tell your neighbor, say, it's not about you. Tell your neighbor, say, if you don't wake up, you better. Tell him, if you don't wake up, you better. Yeah. Um, although we have great times in Jesus here and we move prophetically and the glory rests in our house and we have great worship. Um, It is not only about us and our faith rumor and our faith project and what we believe in God for in the house, car, marriage, restoration. Praise God for all of that. Um, Thank God for even community, our church, the culture of our church. And I'm so elated by this because as of late, you've seen an increase um, in the community in our church. Even after service, nobody wants to go home. You want to just stick around and talk and fellowship and hug and and greet. And and that's Bible. That's Bible. Church was never meant to haul them in and haul them out. And you sit somewhere for 30 years and not even know the name of your neighbor or, or these kinds of things. God is calling for community in the local community. Say amen. That's why you see these churches. You, you, you know, these churches are now, we're buying churches and things like that or um, communities in communities. Notice there's never parking lots with these churches because it was not meant for you to drive across town to go to church. It was for you to dominate in your community. For everybody in this community to walk to this church, worship the Lord, and then, and then take over this community for Jesus Christ. And, and we got away from God's intent. And I thank God that even in that, God gives us grace to carry on. Say amen to that. And, and, and so there, there are marching orders for the church at large. And then there's marching orders for every individual house. Every house is different. Every house has a different assignment. Um, but, but overall, we all have the same 
marching orders. And I need you to understand that because people will tell you, no, that ain't, that ain't, you know, we talk about evangelism, that ain't my thing. That's everybody's thing. And so I'm going to share with you in the next couple of weeks, maybe two weeks, three weeks, um, around these marching orders. Um, let me give you what marching orders are. Write this down. It's authoritative orders or instructions to set out on. It's authoritative orders or instructions to set out on. Authoritative orders or instructions to set out on. Before there was ever a meeting, before we even met, we had our first meeting to launch our church at the Westchester Hampton Inn on Surmac in, in Westchester just to share our hearts about what God had called us to do. But before even that meeting, it was not a church service, it was a round table to express our hearts. Before that even happened, there was something in the heart of God that he needed done in the earth realm and he called out a people. And he called us lifeline. He gave the visionary, the set leaders, an assignment. And then he placed us in the body as it pleases him. He says, you get to lifeline and you get to lifeline. Not because it's a great church, not because Pastor Reggie and Pastor Andrew are great people, because we have never endeavored to build this church around our personalities. We got too much of that in the kingdom of God right now. We got too much slavery in the body of Christ. We got too many masses in the body of Christ. And God is wiping that out. The day of the spotlight on the platform only is over. God is bringing glory to the pews because there's an assignment for everybody in the earth realm. Say amen to that. And so the marching orders, I'll give them all, I'll give all four of them to you. Then I'll go back and we'll start teaching them one at a time. But they're all going to intertwine. You'll see that. The first uh, marching order of the church is to be ministers of justice. Write that down. Ministers of justice. Ministers of justice. And, and, and it goes right along the lines of our prayer time on yesterday. You know, when, when I was, um, um, God was dealing with me. God was also dealing with Pastor Kelly. I can see it on her face. And she got home and she emailed me and we communicated via email because God hit both of our hearts and just confirmed some things. Because if we take care of what's on the heart of God, he'll take care of us. And let's just be honest. The church has been very self-centered. We've been all about what God can do for us. What's next on the list for me? What I'm believing God for now, whether it's a husband, a wife, a car, a job, a career, or whatever, the healing, what can I get? And God says, listen, I've already given you freely all things that pertain to life and godliness. I need you to get in, in I need you to align your heart with my assignment, and you'll see these things manifest in your life. So the first one is the ministers of justice. Number two is the great commission. Write it down. The great commission. The great commission. I talked about at the end of the year, um, challenging our church to win one soul or three souls before the end of the year. It was one soul per month, October, November, December. And some of you just, it was like I didn't even say that because that's not the cry of your heart. But this great commission, this commandment was not an option for the church. This is the last thing God told us to go and do. His last instruction should be our first priority. Say amen. So ministers of justice, um, the great commission, um, number three, is defenders of the faith. Write that down. Defenders of the faith. Defenders of the faith. The Bible talks about contending for the faith. Which means in this season, we're going to have to educate ourselves. 
We got too many dumb believers that know more than they understand. You got to know how to talk to people and explain why you are a believer, why you are a Christian. Because they're coming for us, Jack. And here's the thing. They're, they're, they're armed. They're, they're educated. And, and they can be wrong, but they know what they're talking about and they believe it strongly. And your excuse can't be, well, I ain't going to be arguing with you. I ain't going to be arguing with you. That's because you don't know. Because some stuff, I'm here to argue. You said, Jesus ain't God, I'm here to argue with you because he is. Come on here. There ain't no hell. I'm here to argue with you because there is one. Bible says the belly of hell is enlarging every day. That's why the Great Commission is so important. He said, I wish that none be lost. So how is it that none going to be lost? We got to get in a position. And our position is not in here. Ah, I said something right there. So all y'all in line for the platform, our position is not in here. You want it, you can have it. You want it, you can have it. You want it, you can have it. Because this ain't nothing to play with, baby. This ain't what you think it is. This bigger than a lapel microphone and a back office to come out of. This here is weighty. I don't, I, don't, I don't know who even asked for this. This, this, is, this is so much bigger than the 30 minutes I get to preach to you on Sunday. So you want it, you can have it. Well, I ain't talking about the preacher platform. I want to be a singer. That's weighty too. Any platform that God is putting you in front of people to minister and serve, it's weighty. The door is weighty. The parking lot is weighty. The children are weighty. They're not just burping kids and changing diapers. They're dealing with spirits and they're praying for healing and they're praying for schizophrenia even in the children's church. Because you dropping off little Sally and mama have been fighting again how are we? They got to deal with that in the children's church. So every assignment is weighty. It's weighty. So God is positioning his church in this season. He's cutting the fat. He's pulling from us all of our self-centered ways and thoughts and detoxing us from all that church told us. So we can fulfill his assignment. So defenders of the faith, number four, is intercession. Intercession. These are the elite marching orders of the church. You know what they you know what they up here? Prophetic school. You know what they ain't up here? The threshing floor. It ain't up here. It's not up here. Because this represents, and I'm gonna walk you through it, the heart of God. Number one, ministers of justice. Go to Isaiah 58. Let's walk through this today. I have 10 minutes. I'm using all 10. Verse 1 in the New Living Translation. Ministers of justice. Let me ask you this. What in our society breaks your heart? Let me ask you like this. What used to break your heart? That you've gotten cold on. What do you used to see 
in society as a believer that would break your heart? What moves you with compassion? Look, 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 look. Is our heart aligned with his heart for justice? Verse 1, Isaiah 58, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Look at verse number 2. Are y'all following me? I said, are y'all following me? Yet they act so pious, they come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves. We have afflicted our souls and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. You're fasting for justice, but you are aligning your lives and your actions with injustices yourself. What good is fasting, verse number four, when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Verse number five. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance and bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Is that Lucius telling him I ain't here? He always wants something. word make it so plain you need help missing the word verse number eight come on here verse eight verse eight then your salvation will come like the dawn now notice what happens after you are concerned about and embrace what's important to God then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind then when you call the Lord will answer Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Verse number 10, feed the hungry and help those that are in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as a bright, be as bright as noon. Verse number 11, the Lord will guide you continually. Look at what happens after you embrace his heart. Look, look. Giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Verse number 12. Some of you will even rebuild the the deserted ruins of your cities. I like that. Then you will will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. This is what God is calling us to. God makes his heart clear. And he makes clear the results in our life when we line ourselves with his heart. What is justice? Write this down. It's getting cold in here. 
Oh, it was, I thought it was just me. Um, can, can y'all turn, do some of that? I like it though. Y'all weren't going to even, y'all weren't going to even say nothing. Y'all was just, but let me help you. When folks start putting on their coat and their gloves and light cigarettes, you know it must be, it must be cold in here. If I'm preaching and folks putting their stuff on and hats and, and lighting their squares, you got, you got to turn this on. You got to be real committed to not out here in this weather and smoke a square, Jack. want to be committed like that to the Lord justice write this down if that is your deal and you're a believer and you're still smoking you don't have to do that there's grace for you word in addictions out regardless of what it is I said regardless of what it is word in addiction out some of you are still doing things because of a soul habit. You don't even want to do it no more. You're just doing it because it's a soul habit. That's what you used to do. As a matter of fact, that broke today over you in Jesus' name. So I receive it in Jesus' name. Justice, write this down. Justice is just behavior or treatment. We're going to talk about it. Church has been running from this stuff. We got to talk about it. Genuine value of or for people or mankind. Justice is application of equity. It's rightness. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about how the company leader makes a billion dollars but Jim in the foul room can't get life insurance or medical. That's not justice. We're going to talk about the bloodshed in the street. And let me help you. We don't, we, don't, we don't deal with this area of Bible justice by laying in the street. I lost half the church. See, you know why I lost y'all? Because some of y'all are black first. And we are Christians first. We're not black first, we're not white first, we're not Republican first, we're not Democrat first, we're not Eastern Star first, we're not Deltas first, we're not Masons first, we're Christians first. Oh, you might as well say amen. Amen. And there's marching orders for the believer. Yes, Lord. We're going to talk about it. It is lack of prejudice, write it down. Lack of prejudice. Now, I'm black and I love being black. And we're going to deal with some of these, these black injustices. I'm losing half the church. It is that which is morally right or fair. These are definitions we're going to camp around. That which is morally right or fair. That which is morally right or fair. Now, it's difficult to agree on what's injustice and what's justice because we all have a different standard of what's moral. It's, it's, like, it's like when it comes to like minimum wage. You, 
you know, somebody says that's that's just not that's just not justice that somebody work all day and they make four dollars an hour. And some of us can't even agree on that because there's another perspective that says, well, they, they should have went to college. They should have got a better job. I mean, you can't get that much of flipping burgers anyway. And so there's all these different perspectives. So we can't even agree on what's justice and what's injustice. Because we have a different perspective on what's moral. But as believers, our moral standard, let me help you, is the word of God. Which we all should agree on. So that takes care of, I don't believe this, I understand that, I don't see it that way. Because our moral standard is the word of God. Some of y'all looking at me like you're crazy. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. Can y'all at least say amen to that? We are the only religion that don't cap around our book. We're the only one. We read an Oprah and read a Digest and some of the Quran and some of this and some of the lost books and we don't cap around the book we have. That's our moral stick. That's what sets the temperature in our lives. And so if we all come in agreement on that around the word, we, can, we should all know what's injustice. We should all agree on abortion. Oh, I, I lost that for churches. We should all agree when it comes to taking care of our widows and our veterans. We, 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 should all, we should all agree when it comes to sex slaves and, 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 and sex trafficking and human trafficking and drug trafficking. We should all agree. We should all agree when they're trying to wipe out a whole black community. They're trying to wipe us out. They're trying to wipe us off the face of the map. You about to read your Bible. Stop that John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he had gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God, I got everlasting life. But what you gonna do with the life you living down here? Before you get to heaven. Because you do know once you get to heaven, you come back down here anyway. It's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. We're gonna come back down here and live forever. See, they told us wrong, Jack. They told us I was going to go to heaven. I was going to get in line. Peter was going to check me in, find my name in the book. I was going to get a robe, some shoes, come on here in the ring. I was going to just walk around all day. They lied to you. That's why folk been acting like this don't matter because I'm going to heaven one day. I'm going to heaven one day. So swing down, Cherry, let me ride. I'm going to heaven one day. You ain't going to walk around heaven all day. But I got a mansion up there. Tell them, say, you coming back down here. Tell them, say, you coming back down here. That's a whole other series that I can't teach right now. But you study that on your own until I get to it. Tell your neighbor, say, study that on your own. Tell them, say, because you ain't going to walk around heaven all day. So for us as believers, we should all agree that the word of God is our moral standard. That's why God's definition of justice is not limited to a topic or any racial biases. 
but it's in accordance with his word. So we cannot opt out of systematic racism, um, widows and orphans and minimum wage and human sex trafficking and abortion and the whole HIV and AIDS um, 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 epidemic. We can't opt out of that. And the reason we are struggling, because we don't even agree on, you know, there's, there's, there's certain people. One that was talking to a lady and was saying how the, the baby was, what, a year and a half? A year and a half year old baby was being used in sex trafficking. Now you said, oh my God, why? Because you think that is horrible and that is not right. But somebody thinks it's right. Somebody thinks it's right. You don't think everybody in your neighborhood just all of a sudden started smoking dope and using drugs? It's a setup. Because somebody thinks it's right. So if the church don't deal with this whole justice piece, we're going to be in here speaking in tongue and quickening while the world passes us by. Deep but dumb. Feel but uninformed. Come on here. He says, I give you power. Not just to lay hands on the sick, but to walk in influence when it comes to justice. And I ain't talking about everybody becoming the next Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton. That ain't what I'm talking about. I don't want no perm. Come on here, say amen. Go to Matthew 25. We have neglected this area. Because here's why, let's just swallow it. Let's just swallow it all the way down because it didn't benefit us. It didn't benefit us. So we limited our area of what we consider justice as a free turkey around Thanksgiving. That's why when we do do something, we make a big deal about it. Our church gave away two turkeys. Two turkeys, 5,000 selfies. We've been limited in our approach to justice because we didn't think it benefited us. So we neglected the least. I'm going to show it to you. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Come on, come on. We're going to walk through the Old Testament after this. Um, Verse 31, NLT. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate The people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was sick. And you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and we visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least underline circle highlight least. Of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. We have a mandate 
for justice. Go to Isaiah chapter number one. I'm out of time. I'm going to give you this last scripture here. And we'll pick it up. Isaiah chapter number one. Here's what we have to do. I love how this reads in the New Living Translation. It says, look, learn to do good. Somebody said learn. Learn. Seek justice. Somebody said seek. So in this series, we're going to learn and we're going to seek. We're going to learn and we're going to seek. We're going to learn and we're going to seek. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Seek justice. You must speak out for those who don't have a voice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. We, we got to understand, even today, they are, they are on the verge of cutting off every program for the poor. Which is why the church got to have some money. Because you, you, you can't just be, I'm for justice. Where's your money? Because when they put them out, we got to let them in. When they cut them off, we got to sign them up. And the thing about the church is, we're going to give them some love with it and some dignity and some instructions. And and we're going to get them off of the system. Because you weren't meant to be on that 30 years anyway. But why can't we have one? Justice. And we bring you in for, for 90 days tops. Get you in these biblical principles. Get you a check while you're in our system. Get you some food while you're in our system. Get you a place to stay while you're in our system. And then spit you out. And you've been well equipped now. Now you can stand on your own two feet. We're going to show you this in the word. So justice even requires money. I'm a minister of justice. Where's your money? Not for us. I don't, I don't need, I, I, I was looking for some shoes to wear, and it's a doggone shame. I couldn't even find the shoes I wanted to wear. I didn't plan on wearing these. The ones I wonder why I couldn't find them. Because I got too many boxes in my closet. And I had to go out and have time to keep looking for my shoes. Oh, you're looking at me, but you, you got more than one pair. And we keep getting more, 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 one more, one more, one more, buying more, buying more, buying more, ordering more, ordering more, ordering more. If somebody ain't got a pair. You mad because you got to drink water for a month. And somebody ain't even got water to drink. And if they're drinking it, it's not even clean. So we digging whales this year in Haiti. We digging whales in Africa. We digging whales in India. There's there's villages and you go over there and there's a small village and they meet around this small dirty pond and they bathe in it and drink out of it and cook with the same pond. And you mad because you got to drink clean water for 30 days. So we ain't going to just preach about it. We're going to be about it. This is the heartbeat of our church. We're switching lanes from what can I get? What's my newest project? 
I'm just mad because I still ain't got my man, my woman, my car, my house. I came down my stairs in my house after I couldn't find my shoes and looked through my closet to find a coat to wear, to pick one out. I had to walk around one of my cars to get in the other one to drive to church. And we still got complaint in us. And there's folk running down Austin like this on Sunday trying to get to the church. Got off the tr- blue line. They're trying to get down here. And you riding past in one of your cars. It's 14 below. It's 85 below. Your car didn't even want to start. But my car said, where are you going? You must have been see the news. I hadn't planned on going nowhere today. That's what my car told me when I came out. It said justice. We're going to deal with sex slaves this year. Sex trafficking. Listen, let me help y'all. We ain't got to go over to Honduras to deal with that. That's out on 79th Street. That's, that's out in Lombard. Maybe a little bit more plush, but it's out in Lombard. It's, it's out in South Barrington. They busted a ring last year in Barrington. Selling, selling little girls. And we quicken it. God says, align your heart with mine. That's why, that's why I didn't save you and take you out of here. There's a work for you to do in the earth realm. Because he could have just saved and took us on to heaven. There's something for you to do here. When Jesus going to come back? When we done. And this gospel shall be preached. In all the corners of the earth. And then the end shall come. And part of this gospel is justice. I ain't called it that. Yes, you are. If, you, if God called you to this church, you're a part of that. And as I teach this, you're going to become more aware of things. You're going you're gonna to notice more things. God's going to speak to you about certain things. And it's going to cause you to move and hear Holy Ghost on what to do, when to do, when to extend your hand. All these kinds of things. Because I felt so good yesterday when I left here. Because I didn't pray about me. You pray the hour for the nation and the city and the villages and the mayors and, and people that are lost. And I felt so refreshed. I don't want it to be about me. I want to align my heart with his heart. And I want what breaks his heart to break mine. I want to be moved with compassion. And the news comes on and shows some little girl being gang raped on Facebook Live by, by these guys. I want to be moved with compassion. And not say, well, where was her mama? What's she doing down there? Not moved with compassion. Folk don't have medical insurance. They don't have life insurance. There's people right now. It is, we were sitting in, sitting in our house. It was, we was mad. We got up, opened up windows, took off layers of clothes because it was hot in our house. And folk ain't got nan heat. I drove downtown New Year's Day, I think it was, and took Laura Wacker. Now, one of my boys said, look over there. What they doing? I said, that's where they live. 
You want a new cell phone, but that's where they live. They don't go home at night. They're going to be there all day. Tell me, right above them is a building that houses billion, trillion dollar companies. And men, that their bonus is $8 million a quarter. And there's somebody beneath them with frostbite because they've been out there for three days. Justice. I hope you're hearing God's heart. Father, I thank you. Lift your hands up. For even the introduction of this message, that the interest of your word brings light, that even now light is coming to our hearts, that light is showing us your heart, light is causing us to repent of not being aligned with your heart. And Father, we thank you for your grace and your patience. And even in times that we've missed it, you're still there. You're still counting on us. And you've not changed your assignment toward us. We commit even again today, Lord, to be about your business. We commit to get in line with the marching orders you left for your church. We commit to march to your beat. We commit to follow your voice. Commit to do it all in the spirit of excellence. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands if you receive something.